NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle. I was kind of a little more relaxed, like I've done the best I can. Whatever happens, happens, and I'm going to have to live with it either way, and there's nothing I can change within the moment anyway, so I might as well focus on competing, and it went a lot better for me. But that's plus. That's good to have somebody like, like I'm not saying we or him, is in the top of the, the game to just make the game way better. Make so, fair to for us and for the next generation trying to fix it right now to make way better for, for the future. It, it makes you elevate knowing that the element that you need is not there, so it's just like, this is on us, boy. Yeah, and I see where you come from a little bit, but I always take the easier route if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Gimme <me> fluffy. <laughs> perfect, perfect. This is Pro Rodeo announcer Andy Seiler, and you are listening to NFR Extra. I'm going to be honest, I haven't been nervous on any of these podcasts yet, but I'm I'm a little concerned as to how this is going to go. Uh when Caleb and Junior are both smiling, uh, that that means dangerous things are going to happen. So we're just going to have fun. They said they were going to ask the question, Steve. So yeah. uh, no, I don't want. I just want to ask one question. All right, go ahead. I would uh, like to catch on here, Junior's uh, impersonation when they announced Jess Pope. Okay, I'll be bad. No, do I'll it. That's true, though. Like we're getting okay. We're at the NFR. We're getting ready to rope. I always walk in or just you know just watch some. Before we just want to have the utmost free there. Go walk mm-hmm. a few horses and I was just walking in this and he was doing really good, winning everything, one few rounds and he says, and people going crazy and saying, This man is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> just like I said, cool. he said, his name is Jess Pope. And he said, Man, I don't know if you guys are Catholic, but the Pope is in the house. <laughs> 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 I just like say, did Honest, you really say that? Honestly, <laughs> as an announcer, some of that stuff is just served up on a platter, and you're a fool if you don't take it. Oh, oh. I love it. The Pope is in the house. The Pope is in the house. <laughs> it's amazing to hear that, though, because I obviously I've never been in that position, but. That's wise to kind of get in the building and get a feel for what you're you're going to to compete in. That's that's smart. I mean, I've, I'm sure there's guys that do it, but I've never heard somebody say that before. So what what are you looking for? Are you just trying to kind of get yourself in the moment? Is that what you're trying to do? Well, I just like to jump out there a little bit and just watch, you know, a few horses. And because we just stay on the back, and it's kind of like dark. It's just something I, I have always done it. So I just walk out there, just get my rope. I check my steer. Always, we always know what steer we're going to rope. I go over there, walk by, look at him and just go out there, watch it like three or four horse buck a little bit, just get in there and then walk back in my horse and get everything going. Yeah. And to uh, touch on that, the atmosphere in there is so overwhelming. Like you're like, he's saying we're in the back. It's just another rodeo. Um, but then once you come through the tunnel and you walk into the arena, 
you have 18,000 people right there mm-hmm. on top of you and, you know, the electricity and everything else is going crazy and you're about to run one for $27,000 and world title implications are on the line. And, you know, it's just a, it's a big wow factor. So to be able to go in there early and just kind of, we've been to enough rodeos now that there's nothing that compares to uh, Thomas and Mac, but we've been to enough rodeos now that once we kind of get in that situation, we can kind of acclimate and kind of get ready. But if you kind of just hang out in the back the whole time and it's just kind of ho-hum, everybody kind of talking and getting ready and such. And then once you walk in there, then it's just, wow. Sensory you know, overload. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing that, um, like I'll go watch some bulldoggers and stuff and, just kind of get it, get yourself into the uh, the circumstance of getting ready to rope. Do you feel that in your horses too? Because that's got to be. I mean, your horses have got to get in that environment and just kind of feel like you're riding kind of lightning a little bit. No, uh, a little bit, but they've. Uh, I guess they've probably been here enough and been in those situations enough now that um, some horses like that. Mine personally normally just stays pretty keel through the through the whole thing, but like. Um, some horses you'll notice when you start walking them up there, the closer you get three, two, one, then time to go, they start getting a little more and they'll want to turn around sometimes and stuff. But, uh, mine's an older horse, so he just kind of chills. So, I mean, I don't know if it's different for both of you, but there has to be a certain type of horse you want for that setup. I mean, you want something that's short strided when you're heading. Is that right? In that building? Yeah. You want something with some good, uh, foot speed because you have to be able to take a hold of the steer it's a it's a different handle than we do all year. Um, that's what I've said a few times is you want to be able to take a hold of the steer, almost pause for a second, and then drop back. Because our normal run throughout the year is you head the steer, you tie on, and you kind of go out the front a little bit, and everything kind of keeps rolling. Well, in there, if you kind of do that, then you end up in a weird spot on the wall, mm-hmm. so then you don't get a very good finish. And the way that arena robes, if you can go straight, then almost a little bit of a – like a V back mm-hmm. check mark. Then you get then you get to the farthest point on the on the wall to be able to get finished. And um, you know, I necessarily don't want the steer to hit the V, but I want my horse to hit that V. That's why I give that little bit of time after I head the steer to just pause, wait, let the steer come around, and then drop my horse back, and then the steer can kind of stay on the same line that is normal. But that that allows you a lot more time to go hit your corner and get a finish. And Junior, we know even if you're riding a pony, it doesn't matter because yeah. I mean you're gonna just run by yeah, or no, what you no know. Anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, he need, he need I need all the help. I need all the extension cord. The old Junior need a great horse now, so that's yeah. why we try to get the best horse we can. Uh, I think a great roper, a guy can use his rope really well. He can get by, but on the level we everybody are now, we have to have the best horse we can get to no we can all can we can rope on them but you're not going to make a difference you know that's why we have have a great horse well and tell us how much that's changed for you because you know I, i know you got a lot of help from jake when you first started but you know your horsepower from the first one we saw you wanted your first nfr to where it is now i mean you you ride some really nice heel horses no yes yes i think uh i'm still learning and uh this deal is always trying to get better and uh, the horse deal, the horsepower, Jake always says, and everybody, a great horse can change a guy's life. And it's true. So, and I think the whole sport, not not because me or us, change a lot. You know, the level we are, we see the young kids roping right now. That's unbelievable. Right. So we have to rope really good. And if plus we have a great horse, we can use them. Makes a huge difference because every... Marcus, and he, he said, uh, Strand told him one time, I said, man, one little tent can change your life forever. That's, that's very <laughs> so, wise. So it's, it is true. You know, one little tent of second can change our lives forever. And, and, and it is true. And 
Well, it's been a long journey and learned a lot. Now I try to use my horse more and, you know, we try to develop a, a run that would work for us. And we try to, I'm, I just try to do my job, man. I'm not yeah. even worried about what that guy does. And, you know, I'm trying to get my, my stuff together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> my horse is working right. We work together, but good horses. And I've been, I have been really, really blessed with great horses since the day I got here. I didn't have that much horsepower. I got in the beginning, got a, no help. And first thing after I rode Mr. Allen's horse and through the, the end of the first year, I, I kind of run out uh, horsepower. I didn't have no horses and you know, it's, it's kind of really cool. Everybody let me ride the horses to finish the season. Jay let me ride, Cole, Patrick kind of jump here and there. So it's the, and Mr. Allen yeah, and to ride his horse. But after that, we just, uh, I kind of realized and we made it trying to get better. And Jake always told me, man, you need to get in horses. No matter how good you rope, you need to learn how to use your horse, keep them working. And uh, you got to have a great horse. It's a great horse make a huge difference on you forever. And plus, keep them sound, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, everybody just, because I pull back, you know, the lean back, they all get mad. <laughs> think I'm just killing my horse. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm saying, like, sometimes we, I do have to pull mine. But I, all my horses just been sound forever and just keep them work and I don't do that all the time and sometimes like a little tender sex make a huge difference you know like a, I hear we you see a lot of guys pulling a little bit more than than you used to be because we rope one steer for 20 something thousand every night so that's the that's the that's all we have to do right right you talk uh, Caleb was talking about his direction and change there at the finals so how does that affect you for your game plan on healing? Is that just you're looking at the same deal or you know that, you know, this is going to be different than. Man, it's, uh, this arena is kind of a little tricky, you know, because if you jump out there, steer step left, that's that's not very good. So mm-hmm. we're, we're, you're going to put your head in a bind or you, if you stick it on and you get to behind the steer heat, it's going to be really bad for you too. So mainly you have to let that steer go, keep him trying to keep him straight as possible. But if you're late, Right. And your head is sticking on it. <laughs> you're the big, you know, probably worse binding if he's going left. And you, you know what I'm saying. So it's kind of tricky. That's a that's we have to just really live it. But it's like an arena is so narrow. If you can create a little bit more room for you to make a good interest and have space. If if you're in a bind, you take one more swing, but keep you know catching, stay on average. And or if you have a great steer, you go around him and wait in your head to set up the run make a big difference on the finish. Like right. Caleb was talking about the wall. So that's, that's the, I think the key I hear, but the start is right. everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you guys have a game plan coming into this deal? As far as, I mean, it, it looked like, don't get mad at me. It looked like you guys were playing conservative a little bit, like just like almost the average game, just watching you. You know what I mean? Like I, I've seen how fast you guys can be in that building. And this year it was like, was it something different or is it just kind of you guys feeling it out? Well, go ahead. Well, we had, we had a really, I'm just going to tell my side. We had a great year. We had a good lead and everybody, you know, just talk, Oh man, you guys going to win it for sure. This huge and that, lead. but huge, yeah, huge, huge lead. We had a, we had a great year better than everybody else ever had, but we go out here. The guy just killed five steers in a row and he does good to win some rounds. It's just not that much. Mm-hmm. Lead. Right. So we're just trying to make some good runs. But we we know we didn't have to go super fast, right? But 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 we just trying to make the same run we made it, and just like not playing save nothing, but 
I kind of just like dropped the ball a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just like didn't feel right and just little, just a little behind some. How, and how was that? What was that just? Oh, well, I just, <clears throat> uh, that's not excuse, but I just practice a lot before I come over here. So I got a little sore. Winter is on the rope. I had a little sore in my arm, but she's like, that's not, you know what I'm saying? Just, I just take some, some medicine as I'm feeling good. But when I got here, I really couldn't, I felt like I couldn't get going. I was just, I always have that feeling I'm mm -hmm. behind. I always just like, I'm a little, I'm a little behind. I need to get more aggressive, more aggressive. And then we made, we started good, make some good runs. And, but I think the start, I'm not, I wasn't a get the good start. I thought I was just getting a little, little behind. And then we were still doing good, but then I ended up broke my horse front right. leg mm -hmm. on one. That's and one. And then we stayed trying to just keep going through, yeah. stay on average. What round was that? I don't remember. That's like third or fourth. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like hurt. And then, then he just hooked it on one night, that rope a leg on one to win the round. So just like, and keep, you know, mm -hmm. going on. So that's why I just like, man, I was just jackpotting the buckskin horse and he's really fast. It's kind of a little crazy in the small building, but he really runs, you know, so he just can just wait and just rope the steer. So I just like, man, I, I would go practice. I said, I'm going to probably switch horses and just to change something different. Not because my horse is, Phenomenal. He's one of the very best. But I just get on another one and then feel give me more time for me because mm -hmm. they're so fast footers, so I'll hood away him and then so give me time to to row. But I had I hurt my shoulder a little bit. And when I went home, practice hard, then I figured out I had something going on. But that's why I thought I couldn't really get going. I hear it's so fast too. Mm -hmm. fast. No matter like you cannot really play safe because right. it's fast. Right. You gotta be aggressive enough. That's that's probably Kind of felt like, but we stay hooking average. We wrote the last one we had to do. It's a lot of pressure. Patrick Tanner just, they press on the whole time. They did amazing, phenomenal job. Put a new record on 10. And even the last one, they won the round. And if we messed up that one, they would have won it too. Mm. So, <laughs> so it's not a huge lead. On this, this radio is so paid so well and so amazing. It's, a, it's just everybody has a chance to win, no matter how big a lead you have. So Caleb, from, from your standpoint, you know, obviously it's a team competition, but when that happens, how do you keep yourself from hitting the panic button? Uh, you know, we just, we've run so many steers together. I think that, you know, we feed off of each other and we kind of know what each other's thinking and what we're going to do in different situations. Um, and that's a, that's a huge plus and having faith in each other. You know what I mean? Like I never one doubt, one time doubted that we was going to win it. I didn't know how we was going to win it. I didn't know if it come down to the last year and we got to be 3-2, then that's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? And that's where I just and talked to him a lot and just, you know, just kind of kept the morale going, you know, that we're going to win it. And whatever whatever it takes that we got to do, if we got to win in the last three rounds, so be it. That's what we'll do. Um, we started off good. We uh, I think we won second or third in the first two rounds, had a couple good runs, and then um, we didn't place for a few rounds there and – one time uh, my horse was too hurt. I had to get on my other one. And then one time I didn't get as good a go as I wanted. So just kind of stayed in the average. And, you know, I've, and it doesn't bother me, but I've had several people be like, uh, look like you're safety and up. Well, only thing that I've learned in there is that if you get a good roll, it's easy to be fast. If you don't get a good roll, it's the toughest place in the world to be fast. And that's one thing I've tried to train myself is if you do get the go and you do have the opportunity, capitalize, try to win something. If not, catch your steer, come back the next night and stay on the average. Um, Cause that's what's happened. A lot of the times that I've won reserve is I've stayed, you know, pedal to the metal the whole time. Well then if, 
something, you know, goes a little bit wrong and I miss, well, then it drops you back on two steers. You win fifth or sixth in the average when you need to be winning a top two or three check to win the world. And um, so that's one thing that I've really tried to, even at home, um, practicing and stuff is, you know, train yourself because when you get in that situation, like I was saying earlier, so overwhelming and, you know, you get in your own element and you're prepared and you're focused and everything's happening, but it happens so fast. You know, from the time you nod, you need to be leaving and then the steers are way faster than they look on TV. And um, that's one thing that everybody, a lot of people are like, oh, just run them down there and catch them, catch 10. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. You know what I mean, honestly, yeah. the, the arena is actually um, shorter than most arenas are wide. Right. So, right. and then, and then you take that and then you go 50 foot wide from the, from the box to the left corner. You know what I mean? So it's like nothing. It, yeah. And then, and then if you're open older steers, yeah, it's probably not as big a deal, but when you're open, you know, bigger, fresh Mexicans that hit the end of it and hop fast, there's is split second reactions. So when do you have that, that feeling? Like, is it as soon as you drop your hand? Is it when you're coming across the line? When, because you, you're, wind up is different than other guys there's a lot of guys that every swing is the same you can almost slow down and then boom you know i, I mean and i've seen you do it i mean we've grown up together but when when do you get that feeling uh pretty much when you hit the line okay. um that's one thing like when you release your horse if you release your horse and you you know leave in sync with him and then the steer shows up and then it's right around the right around the barrier line is when uh Everything feels like it's coming together right there. And then that's where I think it was, I don't remember what round it was, Pink Night. I'm pretty sure it was Pink Night. Um, we had a really good steer, and I was upset with myself, but I was more happy with myself that I did take the extra swing and go and catch the steer mm -hmm. because in other times I would have made that mistake and tried to catch him. And it's 50-50. Um, you know, looking back, I might cut a call, maybe not. But at the same time, we was already down one in the average, and I knew we needed to catch all our steers to have ourselves a chance at the end to not put ourselves in a situation where we do have to win three rounds in a row or whatever. Cause like you was saying, they was lighting them up and there's winning the average and there was one steer ahead of us and ahead of us on time. And you know what I mean? So that's the, I was happy with myself for going and doing that. Um, it kind of sucked that we didn't take advantage of a good steer that we had drawn, but at the same time I was happy that I didn't make a mistake. So your, your horsepower has changed quite a bit. And I, I think junior made a good point because we grew up watching speed and you know i i think if you were being candid with speed he would tell you that viper changed his career you know and that horse helped him win eight in a row and when he didn't have that horse he it, there just always seemed to be one little thing that was missing when he when he needed it so tell us how you've changed your horse program you know it, my whole horse programs evolved um you know, from breeding to the fraturities. And that's one thing uh, several people's told me, you know, riding the fraturity colts and all that stuff has actually, you know, up my game as far as riding open level, level head horses as well. So uh, Cuervo coming to my life at a good time. Um, I needed him and he's so honest and consistent. He does the same thing every time and he's not the flashiest horse out there. Um, but at the same time, he gives me the same score, same read, same run every single time no matter where we're at and to be able to rely on that you know is worth a million bucks is he just better for one setup or you can take him anywhere you know um jeff flynn can make the finals only that's the only horse he rode pretty much and 
Uh, but when I got him, I kind of use him more like one headers and situations like that. He's not a hundred percent sound. So only, and I say only ride like Cheyenne stuff. I have a good horse for that. So I kind of flip flop and, um, don't use him quite as much and try to just use him when he's really good. And when the rodeos pay a lot. On the, I want to talk about that. Excuse me. When you guys were discussing, you know, kind of changing your, your gears for this is what we got to do. The hard thing about the team roping is you talk to a lot of these other guys, if they have a, something that they messed up here at the finals in particular, they go into their little spot, they go do their deal by themselves, but like team roping, how do you guys, you know, like you said, you roped a ton of steers together when you, when it's all said and done, like do you guys talk about like, Hey, this is where we messed up. This is what happened. Like, how do you get back to that basis of center here at the finals when it's, you're kind of on top of each other for 10 days. Yeah, and that's kind of a conversation for the next day. Um, if one of us messes up, the other one's always there to console him, tell him everything's going to be good, you know. Uh, we don't really get into the nitty-gritty of, hey, I should have did this or I should have done that. That's more um, of a confidence-building thing that we have together yeah. that we don't we don't really talk about it. We just say, you know, everything's going to be great, going to be ready to rock on tomorrow, and then the next day after – because we both know we've roped enough steers. We know what we did really – and, you know, we'll talk about it and stuff, but, um, doesn't necessarily need to be said. Yeah. We don't, you know, you don't have to talk about it, but we dang sure don't talk about it right after it happens. Right. You know, we, we give it a little bit of time. We, um, pretty much just talk to each other. You know what I mean? We don't right. talk about our run or anything like that, you know? And then the next day, if we go practice, I'm like, man, I should have done this. Or he's like, yeah, I could have done this or whatever. And then to build on it. Cause, um, that's one thing we're very honest with each other. We're, um, whatever we're feeling in the run or whatever, we talk about it because that's where communication is key, in my opinion. Um, some people just let it keep going and going and going and building. Well, then they end up upset with each other or whatever, whereas he and I, we just, you know, address the situation and talk about it. And um, if he wants me to do something different, I do, and if, vice versa, you know. Yeah. Junior, are you are you still traveling back to Brazil some? Uh, I go a little bit, not not as much, but I just went out there the other day, so see my family. It was a quick trip. Do you do any clinics or anything down there as well? Man, we no, no, we we didn't have time to to do all that. We're just uh, we're so busy here trying to get everything lined up, and I think that's something for later on when we just slow down a little bit more. Everything we can can do that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's quite a few talented ropers in Brazil, though, correct? Yes, yes, sir. It is. It's a lot of. The, the whole sport's been growing a lot. And uh, like we talk about the young guys coming up, it's now so easy. They can, you know, watch us the whole time as TV and all the, you know, even the, sometimes they just doing their YouTube live and all that kind of stuff. So they, they just can, can watch and pull us Instagram, Facebook. So they just, one little thing here and there before it was, was almost impossible to get something to, to watch. So they always watching, we competing here and, there so it's easy they just get better and better so they have some great talents coming up and uh they're plus like caleb saying horse wise too they just been breeding horses and training and you know they're back in a couple years ago they done a lot brought a lot of people just do clinics and uh, i don't know working car horse clinics so they all working on it for years they've been they've been pretty good they're riding good having some good horses but plus all the Oh, our sport, it's been, altogether, it's been pretty amazing. So all over the world, pretty much, you can, we can tell. I watched some some videos, and I was talking to some, some old friends. Even them, they go to places there, they don't even know the kids anymore. They, they say they rope pretty good. We don't mm-hmm, have no yeah. idea where they come from, where they live. So I think it's, it's 
been it's gonna be pretty interesting in a couple more years let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back want to relive the best nfr moments from the last 37 years we've got you covered at nfrexperience.com check out the nfr history tab at the website for a walk or should we say gallop down memory lane You'll find images, recaps, and videos from the greatest moments from the last 37 years in Las Vegas. From Ty Murray to Trevor Brazil, Louis Field to Casey, Charmaine James to Mary Berger, Fred Whitfield to Joe Beaver, and everything in between, you'll find it here. There's something for all rodeo fans. Check it out at nfrexperience.com because legacies and memories are made in Vegas. position to where you're at i mean is it almost like a surreal feeling to where you look at yourself as a kid with the dream of doing what you've done and to go back i mean do you really ever ponder on that or is it just kind of the same situation of like i'm just going back to see family but it's got to be i mean raise a lot of emotions to go back to brazil in your position yeah it is it's the you know just to go back home i said most of them just want to see my family it's pretty good to go out there i never really went to stay for you know for a long time and but uh, it's always good to to go back home and see everybody. And but I try to keep, you know, not being rude, but trying to keep pretty simple. You know, right. I'm very thankful for everything God has been putting in my life, been working, and just you know, changed my whole life to here. And as the, it has been a true blessing. But I just try to go and be happy about it. Enjoy, you know, just be yeah. enjoying and just enjoy see my friends a little bit, I'll laugh about it, and then see how's everything going. But it's just so fast to get on the plane. Go. 10 hours you're here again yeah. if you want to go back 10 hours like we rode you when we go yeah. 10 10 hours of your nerves on and then you <laughs> just drive 12 more in your montana it's like what the heck yeah. <laughs> change completely you ever the whole yeah. so what's going on but <laughs> are you taking him down there yet you gone down no there? no yeah they just no they really want some they really want them to go over there and they just uh so we didn't have time to do it yet one day we'll go out there actually when i went i went last week man it was it was beautiful they got a lot of rain and just we I had to drive a different way to go to where my my sister is living now and my mom is can go through some big ranches out there mm-hmm. that was that was pretty Very cool to see horse, uh, the few horses and see all the cattle with grass all over so man that's pretty pretty nice you guys ever do muley ropings uh like clovis gammon stuff like that yeah um i'm not a big fan of gammon really i don't okay. i'm not a i'm not a big fan of luck of the draw rodeos um which it just happened to fall this year on time where we couldn't go anyways. And <clears throat> Jeff Flanagan got married at, during Clovis short rounds and uh, Junior was in it. So we uh, we stayed home from the from the California run this year. We came out to Logandale and roped, went back home for the U.S. finals and a couple of jackpots around there. Nice. But you, do they rope a lot of muleys? I'm, I'm done with muley. That's why I move away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Answers that question. I've seen a lot of those videos, yeah. those big bramers. I mean, just not, so the shots that you are known for, I mean, that's just, that's a Tuesday in Brazil, correct? <laughs> that's Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So when you guys go to other events where you can have multiple partners, do you, Try to rope with the same people, or it just depends on who's there. How, how does that work when you're picking other partners? Yeah, you try to rope with the same guys um, as much as possible, just because of law of averages, I guess you would say. Um, and just no different than that. Like, you and I rope so much together, you kind of make a run together. You know what each other's going to do in different situations. So then um, 
that allows you to build a build on, build on the team and uh, just feels like it makes it everything go a little bit smoother knowing kind of what the other guy's thinking. So is there ever like a look or a nod like, hey, this is before the run starts where, hey, this, you know, we're going to go fast. I mean, because I just I remember roping with my dad and there's certain times where it's like, hey, we're going to be seven. So like, <laughs> you know, when you're an average roper, seven's a big deal. But like yeah, you guys have one of these guys. So we're going long. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. So the other <laughs> end, halfway, so okay. round 10. OK. <laughs> All right. But is there ever like a call sign or. Uh, not necessarily. Like I said, we've kind of roped enough and kind of know each other's traits, you know. Um, and that's one thing about, that's nice about roping with him is if we're in a situation where we just need to catch, he's got that ability and he knows that I'm going just to catch. <clears throat> and then if we're in a situation where we need to be fast and I might not get the perfect go, I can run that steer one swing further and he's going to tee off on him and make the run that way. Mm-hmm. That, um, I don't have to take that risk, but, and it kind of, we kind of feed off of each other in that sense. Um, if we're at a jackpot and we feel we're getting down to the fourth round, you know, before the short round and we're a little bit behind, then it's pretty pretty common knowledge that we're going to try and speed up on that one. So how hard is it to rope that steer in round 10 where literally all you're trying to do is catch? Because that's not either one of your styles. Like, that, that's not what you guys do. <laughs> we, um, we've we kind of transformed a little bit. You know, we've, we've got to uh, – that's one thing, like, with all the futurities and stuff, it's mainly, you know, you're just showing your horse, so you're just going and catching. Um, and, you know, we've run that steer several times at the house where it's like, hey – because uh, honestly, in that situation, if it's like, hey, you got to be four flat to win the world, we've done it a right. million times. Right. We've made that run. So we're not, we don't work on that one as much. Um, the just catch situation, you know, that's one thing that we try to try to take care of at home. And then uh, we've been in that situation for the past two years. We just need to knock the last one down clean. And we have not drawn the, <laughs> the one we wanted, the worst one every single time. <laughs> Both times we've had them, I and mean, we just little old itty bitty horns, and you know, want to get a little bit heavy, and wants to kind of stop and get low headed, and it's just been, it's been a little bit nerve wracking. Like honestly, um, there's there's definitely a lot more steers that a guy would like to to pick because honestly, I mean, I would say definitely top two worst both in that set, round. both both of our tenth round steers. What, but I mean, devil's advocate here. Then you get the best steer, and you you know it's like oh I got the best one yeah. here. You know what I mean? It's here comes Fluffy. Like, it's like got you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> little, Taking cupcake, little, little, <laughs> little Hereford Cross. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Neck. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's kind of almost like the deal to where you know I mean, does that help to where it's like gosh darn it, this like it, it makes you elevate knowing that the element that you need is not there. So it's just like this is on us, boy. Yeah, and I see where you're coming from a little bit, but I always take the easier route if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Give me fluffy. <laughs> Herford, Herford. Love the Herford. <laughs> yeah, six inch base horn. Look, go ahead and load in. Yeah, <laughs> chopped off horn. We'll take him. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, so it's so impressive. And, and it's too, like, you know, I mean, have you having said that other people, you know, oh, it looks like you guys are safetyed up. You've done this long enough and you guys have turned, you know, more steers together than most people will in their entire lifetime. And it's just very, very impressive. You know, like they always say, um, Jess Pope was talking about the 10,000 hour rule. But when somebody makes something look easy, you know, it's like, I could do that. Or how'd they miss that? It's like, 
go try that mm -hmm. for a second. So I don't know. It's easy to be, you know, a critique watching you guys do your thing. And like, well, I'll tell you what junior should have done. It's like, I'll tell you what you should do. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Junior's doing just fine. You're not junior. <laughs> We've solved that a few times. Yeah. yeah. No, I, there's, there's a lot of uh, keyboard keyboard warriors out yeah. there. Oh, for sure. Everybody tell. start texting you. you. Get on this horse. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. Do that. Yeah. Get on that Elbow horse. up just a little bit more. Get on your horse. Get on to Why? You ride your horse. Go at him. And one more steer. You guys get it done. Just like, all right, I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah. We've done this the whole year. Yeah. When are you up? Oh, you're not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell Caleb to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell him yeah. next time. I'll be sure to tell Caleb that. Yeah. I'll tell him right before you. Hey, my friend just said that. I think you just need to probably be more aggressive on the bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'm just going to take this on the third hop. Just yeah. make sure your face really tight on that wall. Okay? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> my friend said don't rope your horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, That's geez. awesome. So was the second one harder? Uh, Not really. That's what I was talking about earlier. Um, Like the first one. Uh, kind of, I don't know, took a little pressure off of our shoulders a little bit. Um, we had been so close so many times and it was just such a long road and, uh, come up short four times or whatever it was, you know, and just, just by a little bit every single time. And then it was almost like a, instead of exciting, it was almost like a pressure relief, I guess more so. And then this time when we won it, I was more excited. Well, I just, I think it's crazy because I've, I mean, I grew up a team roper, but Steve and I both know people that could make it to the NFR, but they have a real job or they only go to circuit rodeos or whatever it is. So I, I think to me, it's it's impressive that you guys have gone back to back because almost half the PRCA is team ropers, yes. you know, so um, that also transitions into your new position. So tell us a little bit about being the event rep and how that's going so far. You know, that's what um, everybody's kind of been giving me a hard time about it saying, you know, seeing how I'm going to acclimate to it. And, uh, they said it takes away from your, uh, com competition a little bit and stuff. And the first thing that I done when, uh, they told me that I was going to be the event rep was I sent out an email and told them that, Hey, I'm here to represent you guys. I'm going to do the very best that I can. If y'all have anything that y'all want to talk to me about, then bring it to me. But when I'm at the rodeo and I'm competing as well, let's talk about it later. Let, let me, I'm, I'm a competitor. Yeah. I want to compete. So, don't don't bring your problems to me while I'm trying to compete, but I'll gladly talk to you all, Soon as we're all done. day yeah. if you want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'll talk to you about it all day, but wait until after I get done competing. And I think that's the biggest deal is being able to separate the two. Um, and honestly, probably one thing that primed me to get ready for this job is producing my own event, producing my own team roping. So because the first year, oh, well, I think this was the first time that I've actually placed at my own team roping was this past year. <laughs> you, just, you just get to the point where you kind of separate the two, you know, because you're always worried. You're like, I want to do the best job I can for everybody. And then it's kind of on my shoulders to do the best job that I can. And then having to compete as well. Whereas this year I was kind of a little more relaxed. Like I've done the best I can, whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to have to live with it either way. And there's nothing I can change within the moment anyway. So I might as well focus on, competing and it went a lot better for me that's good to be able to separate those two as well i mean because those they're two very important jobs i mean the event rep itself you're taking phone calls sending emails checking cattle doing all those things in places that you're not even there yeah exactly and you know trying to find a happy medium between everyone between the stock contractors the committees 
our contestants. You know, it's trying to trying to it's a little bit of a political game where you have to try and take bits and pieces from each category and try and make it where it's the best for the whole sport and not just for one person, you know, and that's one thing that's been a little bit tough and, you know, had a lot of conversations back and forth on different uh, topics and just, uh, yeah, trying to make it where it's good for the Cowboys, good for the committees, good for the contractors as well. And um, it's been going really good so far. And hopefully we know we're rolling into summer now, so we'll see how it goes. Well, with the fast times and the the young people that we see coming up, what's what's the next big thing in team roping? Man, it's crazy, you know. <clears throat> this the this year, last year, we see how many people complain about crossfire and this and that because everybody roping so good, throwing so fast, and headers, you know, unbelievable. See some young guys are hooking the line, one headers, and I think that's a uh, our our job is the how good we rope. We need a header. They decide how fast they're going to throw but you see a couple years ago some guys rope into the neck rope they have have to find a judge for neck rope now they can need two judges for the crossfire now <laughs> so yeah, so i don't i don't know that's but that's good because everybody just changing the game everybody getting good at it to go fast we roping against the the, the clock all right you we know? can't we can't ask him because he's the event rep what yeah, do you think about the crossfire man i don't everybody gives me hell <laughs> 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 but I'm probably the only one don't get flagged out huh? the whole year. I'll, I'll wait sometimes when I see guy get flagged out, I'll just kind of wait one more swing and I kind of conserve. So his character has been forever been like, ah, make a good run. Just need to catch. I end up throwing too fast. Used to. Now I'm need like, man, I, did I cross fire? Like, yeah, that was a th- second half all day, man. You get yeah. too old. <laughs> I said, I feel like he's about to flag me out. Yeah. I said, what? <laughs> what? I was in the third half. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I'm just, uh, I always say that I'm just excited and very thankful just to be part of the sport. But man, it's been, it's been amazing. And it is always, when everybody rope that good, always going to have something to work on. And now he's working on that. His his new job. He's gonna have his hands full, but he's good enough to just separate them. And but that's plus. That's good to have somebody like like I'm not saying we or him is in the top of the the game to just make the game way better, make so, fair to for us and for the next generation trying to fix it right now to make way better for for the future. So tell me about the first time you saw him in those dress pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but man, I I think it's a that's a I think he would do a great job. I think he'd be pretty good. I think they done they have done a great job. But the team roping in general has been everywhere you go. You go to jackpot. You go we go through roping sometimes, have some fresh steers, tough, and then we go through a long barrier, just like man, we just you watch it, we're fresh enough. I say, I think if just cats through here, I bet it's gonna be easy to win. When you get an end, the first, first, second, third, as a tough son of a gun. So it's no more playing easy, no more just to, to see the, the, the whole sport, how amazing everybody roping in every different setup and situations. And, and like, uh, we're really good. I'm really good buzz. Everybody calling. He said, man, to see those guys roping. So yeah. I said, well, good thing in five more years when they turn 18, I'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the thing, though. Nothing compensates experience. I mean, you guys, you can have these kids that come up that are like, holy cow, they're, you know, I mean, they're just knocking the horns off them and spinning the hide right off them. 
But then you go to, you know, all of your different rodeos and you come to the finals and it's like, right, we're going to be, we're going to break records. And it's like, you haven't caught yet, kid. Just, you know, mm -hmm. go ahead and catch a couple first here. So I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I mean, to be able to compartmentalize the difference between your new job and roping and being a contestant and being a representative and then everything that you guys have done. I mean, that's really, you can't go to a school or a clinic for that. That's just time in the saddle and swinging a rope. Well, I think the other thing that's really cool about both of you is it's really easy to recognize special, you know, and, and I know you guys don't want to talk about yourself in that way, but there's, there's certain things you see and it, it doesn't matter what sport it is. When you see it, you're like, that's different. That yeah. that's not, that's not the same. You know, the first time I ever saw you rope on TV at the NFR, it was like that. That's not, that's not happening with anybody else. You know, there's guys that can rope fast, but there aren't guys roping over their horse's head moving their horse over and then dallying, you and know, or in their back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you see kids do that now, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids that they're doing the junior, you yeah. know, I mean, they broke two feet and lean back well, when they win the rope, you know, yeah, it was just uh, the other day, Jake always get in my butt, you know, he just introduced me, just we rope with him. So he get always, he always, he would get <laughs> mad that one can be because I would just rope out of position. I would just pull shots. I would just like, whatever. And he was just, he would go crazy. And he's trying to teach me, you know, do the right. And it is true. You try to do the right, you can give yourself a better chance to catch every time, keep your horse work and everything. So the other day I was just listening to this deal that him and Claire were talking about. is talking about everybody before <clears throat> you come over here to the last year to the NFR. And he just said, well, I changed my mind my whole year. <laughs> my whole life I've been telling everybody. He says, my whole life I've been telling everybody, you know, the position, being correct. I, I rope up the best ropers in the world. And me and Clay were brothers. I watch Clay rope every, every single time. Best fundamentals ever. And then I tried to junior, but whatever. I don't know. I keep, whatever. Now I change. I go to school. I said, try to do this. If it don't work, whatever it takes, catch you, feed and win. <laughs> <laughs> That's about winning. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny, you know, hearing that from that him, but, but it is, you know, you got to have the fundamentals to keep going to doing the right thing. But sometimes, man, sometimes we're roping against the clock. Sometimes like those young guys get a Caleb, if we hit the line, he's a little bit late. They can have fire and throw their whole rope and turn him. The right thing to do is sit in your horse, ride him, do more strike, get prepared, set up the run. But it's just like, okay, you're going to take two more seconds when you don't have that much time to play with. As you can, but you're not going to win. So you better take your shot. Oh, you might going to miss it. But if you learn how to pull shot and just get fast and catch, that's, that's what's going to well, pay you. It, it's so funny, too, what you guys consider your shot. Because, you know, my Kevin Daniel lives about 10 miles from us. And my mom asked him one time, she goes, what's the difference between you and a number six header? So somebody right smack dab in the middle. He said, from two coils away, the number six header is hoping he catches. He said, I'm expecting to catch that steer and be fast. You know, so it's just what, what you guys expect of yourself. The average person is in awe because that's, that's your three-point shot. You know, when Steph Curry shoots a three, he expects to make it. You know, and it's the same thing with you guys. So thank you so much for your time. This has been a, a load of fun, and we look forward to seeing if you guys can 3 P. Thank you. Thank you. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit NFRExperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, 
We would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. 